And hello and welcome everyone to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet. It's episode 129. There was there was much debate actually before Matt and I started over what uh, what actual episode we're on. Yes, yes. We we got there. We got there. That's what happens when the holiday happens and you have special commentary tracks, which thank you everyone who listened to that track and thank you for our guest uh, Tom for showing up. He was really happy to be back and lots of people were happy to see him again. Yeah, people really liked him coming back. We'll have to do it more often. We will. We'll have to get him into the next commentary track. Obviously, you know, Matt and I would love to have Tom around a bunch. The only problem is time zones, like just getting us all together for that one was such a pain in the ass. Alarms had to be set. People had to disrupt their day, but we did it for you. We did. Another new thing you might notice is I'm not drinking out of my regular Superman cup. I have a new mug right now. I'm bringing that up because uh, there's a little little pinhole in my favorite Superman cup. So now I got to drink. I know, and now I got to drink out of this generic coffee mug like an animal. <laughs> you have to get a Superman one like uh, like I do. I've got like a Superman ceramic mug. mug. That's a good one, yeah. I, uh, I had a Game of Thrones one, but uh, for some reason, well, I know exactly what the reason is. It's all tea stained and everything now, so it doesn't look good. I look like a hobo. <laughs> also, I had to get a House Baratheon because it was the only house they had, but honestly, I think it's better that way. Yeah, let me drink out of the cup of this house that gets destroyed like three seasons in. <laughs> And no one mentioned them ever again. But the stag is a cool animal. (laughs) So what have you been up to, Matt? What have you been doing? Uh, I've been working. I've been trying to catch up on my massive, 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 massive pile of comics that I still have yet to get to. (laughs) I know. It doesn't end right. And, like, we had a little bit of a reprieve the last couple weeks because it's like oh good we don't have to watch the tv shows to keep up with them oh what's that young justice is back oh the punisher is coming back soon (laughs) yeah and like in the next couple of weeks every other show starts back (laughs) Mm -hmm. we had a svu and the orville back on network tv which always lets me know like okay so the comic book ones are coming back soon right it's starting I really been digging that Orville show. Did you keep up with it? I did. I really liked it. I like the. Fir- I haven't watched the third episode yet, but I watched episodes one and two of the second season. It's pretty good. I won't spoil it for you. Something actually pretty huge happens in season three, and they get some real emotional content. I'm just sitting here being like, how how is it the dick joke parody of Star Trek is better than the actual Star Trek show they have right now? That that's what I said. It's like, how is this this show this like comedic satire on star trek better when a star trek show is actually airing like there is an actual star trek show airing at the moment and this one's better than it it's shocking it's like somewhere seth mcfarlane is just laughing his ass off like haha you thought it was gonna be family guy in space but i tricked you fox into making a star trek revival (laughs) and fox is like ah but we hate science fiction we murdered firefly in the sarah connor chronicles damn you seth mcfarlane you wily bastard Uh... (laughs) you show tunes loving fuck you But yes, we're back again. Still not a lot of news. We're in the doldrums now. We're in uh, what I do believe in the world of cinema is so lovingly called Fuck You, It's January. Oh, we're right in the middle of that. And that's true for comic books and comic book movies, too. All the big events don't start till April. We're just we're just kind of riding it right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Riding the wave. But uh, one interesting piece of news that came out this week. It is a rumor, but it does give us an excuse to talk about a topic we haven't covered in 
God, what feels like forever at this point. But, uh, hey, remember X-Men Dark Phoenix? Uh, I try not to, but yeah. (laughs) Don't we all? I think many people have forgotten about X-Men Dark Phoenix, even the people working on it. (laughs) But uh, the the rumor came out just recently that with all the reshots they've done, basically they've filmed the same movie twice now. Mm Mm-hmm. By all accounts, uh, yeah, the budget and the bill for that ended up being close to two hundred million dollars. Doesn't surprise me. No, and do you think X Men: Dark Phoenix is gonna make that budget back, especially you know in a day and age when something like Justice League underperforms? No, I I honestly don't think it would be a surprise if it actually does. But I think because a lot of people know that there's nothing gonna be happening afterwards with yeah. those those versions of that character there's then, there's literally no point in seeing this yeah. one i'm going to see it mainly because i just want to rip the shit out of it but um yeah i mean it's it certainly looks like we're going that way and we're going to be able to play that game that we did play during justice league and that is oh can you spot the reshoot let's see if you oh, can spot the reshoot. game take a shot every time you think you spot a reshoot <laughs> uh, you'll be passed out before the credits start you'll be you'll be fucking dead by the end of it because by the sounds of it there's like a whole other movie on the cutting room floor because the first one tested so terribly yeah 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 apparently they like reshot like i think it's like two-thirds of it or something some ridiculous amount how how involved was brian singer involved in this one again I, he didn't direct it. It was that Simon Kinberg right. guy that directed it. Right, who I don't mind Kinberg's work. He's done some good stuff. He's, I prefer him in Star Wars stuff. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Well, I'm sure we'll get lots of that too from him. But yeah, I know I know. Singer got brought up a lot over the weekend there because I guess the Golden Globes happened and Bohemian Rhapsody mm-hmm. won Best Film, even though it really shouldn't have. And also, they kind of threw the director whose name was on the piece under the bus because Singer was involved, and everyone is rightly so. Hey, fuck Singer. He's probably a sex predator. Yeah, well, there's well uh, people, and I, I agree, like, people should have been giving the actual director of that movie, Dexter Fletcher, the credit he deserved, but because of the whole Director's Guild rules and everything, because mm-hmm. he filmed so much of it, he doesn't get a credit or something. It's so fucked due to some stupid uh, archaic rule and also by all account the movie's not even that good because the surviving members of queen had way too much impact uh, mm-hmm. on the actual story and the script and apparently that ruined all the parts that you might actually want to see in a queen movie yeah yeah but that's okay because there's another queen movie coming out so you can see that one <laughs> That one might be better, apparently. Go go see the second Queen movie that is the volcano to this one's Dante's Peak. It's, it's Queen 2, Electric Queen. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, shouldn't it be uh, Queen 2, uh, make a supersonic man out of you? <laughs> <laughs> one, one of my favorite jokes from, uh, what is it, from Venture Brothers this last season is we see a bunch of new wave supervillains, which are literally just an excuse for the writers to put in funny song jokes in there and one guy is literally the supersonic man and he's just freddie mercury if he was a super speedster (laughs) that's cool (laughs) and i'm like i would read that i would read the what if freddie mercury but superpowers (laughs) (laughs) see that's the movie they should have made okay it's a queen biopic but this time everyone in the band has powers what yeah they're all mutants (laughs) Yeah, you didn't know this, but the band Queen secretly fought crime at night when they weren't doing music. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't actually HIV that killed them. It was the legacy virus. 
Oh no. <laughs> the government covered that up, but that's what it really was. <laughs> see, look, see, and, and, and you see what he did there is, is he took the X-Men joke from the beginning and the Queen joke from the earlier one and he crossed them over and that that that's where the joke was. <laughs> Thanks, John Madden. That's right, I got John Madden working on the show now, everybody. <laughs> Or, or my shitty impression of Frank Caliendo's good impression of John Madden. Remember Frank Caliendo? Yeah, vaguely. He was very popular. He was on Mad TV. He got a lot of yeah. work as an impressionist back in a day and time when you could tour as an impressionist. Mm, those were the days. Those were the days, man. In, in another life, Matt and I are not podcasters. We are famous <laughs> impressionists. <laughs> Oh, we do all the hits. We do John Madden. We do whoever's president at the time. Oh, it's great. <laughs> but yeah, that's the Dark Phoenix news. This is just getting sad at this point, even sadder too, because it's like, hey, wasn't there a new Mutants movie too? Shut up. Well, what I found really funny is like recently they started, I think they've just like, I wouldn't say they've actually started it, but they started the the marketing for the film. And it's like, <laughs> They're, they're like posting stuff like oh there's still hope and, all that. and everyone's like yeah bullshit there is I mean, it's so that's, fucking disney <laughs> i've seen you and mitch talking about that like on the official movie yeah. twitter page it's yeah. like kicked up just recently like hey guys you know do, do you still believe do you still believe in dark pinks no we're literally all over it you waited way too long and we're super over it <laughs> like seriously they should have kicked this movie out the door in whatever form it was in because it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, I cannot wait for the um, like cast interviews to come out. I, w I want, oh, I want yeah. Batman vs Superman, Ben Affleck all over again. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Oh, oh God, I didn't even think about that. The actors are gonna have to do press for this movie when it comes out, and they filmed it like two years ago now. Yeah, you'll get that um, the guy who played Quicksilver to be like, oh, this movie came out this week. Oh, that's right. That's right. They were talking to him at like Vanity Fair or something. It's like, and I got this movie coming out. When I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't, is that still coming out? <laughs> what? A, what? A, you could tell they breached a really uncomfortable subject. It's like I don't know. Move yeah. on. Next question. I don't. Yeah, I don't want to yeah. talk about this because <laughs> I had a really bad time. I'm sure because <laughs> we thought we were done. Then they're like, come back. We got to reshoot the whole thing. <laughs> no, you don't get paid anymore. <laughs> And yes, this is the last one, so you got to do extra work for a movie where, again, it doesn't matter because you're not getting recast. <laughs> That's got to fucking suck because they yeah. probably got them on contracts where it's like, oh, yeah, we'll do five or six of these. Oh, yeah, you'll be Quicksilver forever, we promise. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to think the other Quicksilver that they killed in Age of Ultron has more of a chance of coming back now. <laughs> he really does. <laughs> oh hey when we put the universe back everyone who died came back to life too ain't that something <laughs> that would be a smart way out of it to get back anyone you killed being like yeah when we fixed life in the universe we brought back a bunch of dead people yeah and let that be the fallout in the next phase of movies you know people who you thought were dead are alive again yeah that would be cool that would be a fun twist very very comic book that's totally mm -hmm. shit they do oh yeah uh, and uh, hey, speaking of Avengers and speaking of comic book shit, uh, more news coming out about those Disney Plus 
series that uh, we got to look forward to on the horizon. And I really, I really hate how people write about these on sites because they always write D plus. They don't write Disney plus. So I just think, oh, they're already given a, a D plus. That's not fair. You haven't seen it yet. Yeah, why are you criticizing this thing that doesn't even exist yet? Yeah, why are you being so critical? I mean, come on. And also a D plus, were you being gentle there while also being a dick about it? It's like it shows improvement. <laughs> But yeah, apparently they're also working on a Lady Sip show now on top of the Loki show and the uh, Vision and Scarlet Witch show that they were talking about. That, that, I think that'd be pretty cool. It kind of makes sense since she she wasn't in Thor Ragnarok or she wasn't on Asgard apparently uh, when it all blew up and everything. So don't know where she is. So Yeah, I'm yeah. dying to have that question answered. And also, Sif got a lot of play on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She yeah. probably guest starred in two of their best episodes, too much yeah. fanfare. So she has a fan base. Yeah. And also, it would just be cool to be like, hey, here's your taste of Asgard and what's going on there. Yeah, I think that'd be a really cool show. It'd be cool if they made it like sort of similar, like she, she's out in... in they, I guess they could probably kind of make her similar to like Angela in that way mm -hmm. where she's kind of doing her own thing and uh, kind of separated from Asgard a little bit. I'll have Angela got, in the show. I don't think they'll be doing her. <laughs> no, no. Although it would be fun. Heck, have Angela show up here as a guest character. I, I even pitched it like, Hey, you know what? Maybe, maybe she doesn't even come to earth. Maybe she just hangs out on a cool alien planet for yeah. six episodes and you riff on Xena Warrior Princess. Now it's Lady Sif Warrior Princess. Yeah, she becomes like the the Thor character for like an alien civilization. I'm down for that. There's plenty of Thor stuff that they're not going to touch mm. for the movies that you easily could put in here. Mm -hmm. I think that would actually be really cool. Yeah. They're also saying too the Loki show won't be how you think a Loki show will be. They're actually getting a little creative with it. Yeah, they said that like Tom Hiddleston is going to be narrating the show, and it's going to be about mm. a younger Loki. Which they could do, especially if they write in the idea where it's like, oh, Loki changes his forms all the time. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'd like to see that. I was hoping there'd kind of be a show set in that time period between the first Thor and the Avengers, where he meets Thanos what and all that sort of stuff. That would be really cool. You know, Loki, the lost years, what happened mm. to him? Did the yeah. black hole fuck with his mind? Yeah, how did well, he start hanging out with all those well, other apparently, aliens? Apparently they actually kind of, in, I think it was the most recent, they did like an MCU canon novel of Thanos. Oh. Um, I, I haven't read it yet. I haven't actually, I don't even know if it's out yet, but like excerpts got released and they actually kind of retconned a little bit of the Avengers where like, loki wasn't actually evil in that movie it was all the stuff's mm -hmm. doing that was making him uh, a little bit more evil interesting because i know loki both in the movies themselves and both as metafiction we like him and like tom hiddleston too much for him to be a hundred percent evil you know mm -hmm. he's he's a bad boy he's an anti-hero the yeah. staff did it <laughs> yeah and they're kind of playing to that Especially, too, if you know the Loki show is popular and you want to keep doing Loki shows, it'll probably be good if he's a good guy and not a villain. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, hey, you know, from one space opera to another, uh, Star Wars Resistance has been greenlit for a second season. Now, I have not finished season one yet. I think I'm like episode eight of 11 or something right now. I know they had their mid-season just recently. Uh, yeah. It, well, by the time this episode come goes up, they'll have started back on the second half of season two. Uh, season one, I mean. Um, yeah, it, it just keeps getting better and better with each episode. 
it's it's building and again you know for anyone who you know it's it's not clone wars it's not even rebels it's very much its own thing the art style takes a little getting used to because they're using new color palettes and everything but the stories are still pretty solid yeah and along with the season two announcement we got like a season one part b trailer that's sort of Mm. what's coming up in the season and it looks really cool i kind of knew they were going to be doing because the show catches up to the force awakens and we get to see the events of the yeah. Force awakens from these characters point of view and then Ooh. i imagine because of that because the last jedi takes place immediately after we'll be getting last jedi stuff as well as post last mm. jedi stuff with season two very interesting so if you want some answers to some questions you got to watch this mm. And yeah, you know, they've introduced some pretty new uh, or pretty interesting new characters there. You've got uh, Commander Pyre, who is like Phasma, but what if his armor was gold instead of platinum? And he, he, he does a little bit more than Phasma as well. <laughs> he does a little bit more in this show, but he's definitely the, okay, who's our Phasma for this? They, mm-hmm. they mentioned Kylo Ren. We get to see that, uh, what is it, the dude who uh, Kaz is living with. He was an X-Wing pilot, and they actually brought down uh, the big ship that Ray lives in on Scarif, so that's yep. pretty cool. Yep. There's nice little connective tissue there. Uh, Poe Dameron gets to be a supporting character. He basically takes the main character out on little field trips that are fun. I, I liked those episodes where, like, every, you know, four or five episodes, it's like, oh, Poe comes back and, you know, Kaz gets to go out and, you know, be a, a resistance pilot with him. I yeah. think they're really cool episodes. They did one, I don't know whether you've seen it, where they, like, have to fight, like, that little um you know that creature that jabba has that little oh salacious crumb yeah, yeah. They fight like a a, a a one of his species and it, i did see that it's one it's a really good episode it's it's very aliens they like yeah. drop the humor for a little bit and it gets very like aliens-esque because they're getting hunted around a ship by a big monster yeah that's a nice touch and everything you know they could do more of that in the future it's it's clear they wanted more of a comedy show which i cannot fault them for because Clone Wars was very serious and Rebels was very serious. I can see why they wanted to do something a little different. Yeah, as well as that, they're doing like they did with Clone Wars and Rebels, where they started off kind of lighthearted and fun, mm. and now they're moving into the second season, then the latter half of season two, they're sort of like getting a little bit more serious and, again, growing with that audience. Mm. And Because as we know, the middle chapter of any Star Wars story is always the darkest and most dour. <laughs> yes, and, uh, hey, speaking of cartoons and cartoons that have come back, uh, as we record this now, uh, Young Justice uh, has returned and also just wrapped up its second helping of three episodes. I, I didn't know how they were going to release it, if they were going to do it episodically on the DC app or if they were going to do it Netflix and just let you watch it all at once. But it's kind of interesting, the release schedule they have. It's it's three episode packs every week. Yeah, yeah. I've only seen the first three episodes. Oh, what did, what did you think of the th- first three? It's all right. It's a little darker, isn't it? Yeah. It's a little darker. It's a little bit more mature. I mentioned this on Twitter. I give them a pass for it because that was just like the trajectory the show would have to take anyway because they're literally not kids anymore. They're mm-hmm. all adults is what it is now dealing with adult problems. I will say this, though. The next three I liked way more. Yeah. The next three kind of get back to basics and get back to what the show is. 
Uh, you get kids going on adventures and everything, and a bunch of characters from the first two seasons uh, show back up. Episode four is a giant love letter to Roy Harper, so you know I love that. <laughs> uh, that's good. Does he does he have his trucker cap? Uh, he does not, but there are many caps in this episode, actually, now that you mention it. <laughs> Everywhere but him. Everyone is wearing them but him. Mm-hmm. I will say there are some weird choices. Like, why did Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman get inferior redesigns? Yeah, that was the one thing that, that like, kind of irked me, as, as well as, like, the animation. They all got, like, redesigned. I'm like, why? why? What was wrong with the other designs, the original ones that had been used throughout, like, a bunch of the animated films as well? There was nothing wrong with them, and I like their whole, uh, like, defense of it is, is like, oh, well, maybe maybe they wanted more continuity with the other animated DC stuff on the app to where I'm like, why would you want to do that, though? <laughs> yeah, why would you want to be associated with them? We, we like Young Justice. Please don't tie yourself down to, like, the last five years worth of dc animated movies that have been cheap and inferior to when it all started yeah i i really don't understand and and as well like i wouldn't even say they're sitting the same continuity no no not at all which which is funny because literally the uh what is it the the character models for the justice league in the first two seasons of young justice were taken from uh what is it crisis Crisis, on two yeah yeah which I'm like, those were good designs. You should have run yeah. with those designs. But uh, uh, Green Arrow actually got a good design. I actually didn't mind his redesign. Yeah, I, I can't remember what he used to look like before, but I did like his design in that first episode. He, he looked more like an archer. He looked more like Friar Tuck. This was kind of like a marriage of his old suit and his new suit, which I didn't mind. Yeah. Greg, Greg Wiseman really likes Green Arrow and Black Canary because that's where he like cut his teeth writing in comics, and you mm-hmm. can tell. Mm-hmm which means Joel likes the show because those characters are actually shown love for once. <laughs> they show up in it. <laughs> they show up and do stuff. You, you mentioned the animation. I, uh, our, our longtime fan and listener, Generation West, actually told me this, that while most of the animators or head animators from the previous seasons returned, this is a brand new studio handling it. It's, it looks like it. And this is like one of their, like, their first really big production it's not in the standings, like not in the screenshots, you can tell. It's the in-betweens, you can tell. The in-between frames, which are really important in animation, and you don't know there's a problem with them until you see. Yeah, someone actually said this when we saw like that first uh, sort of look at it, and I criticized it. Someone said, like, yeah, it looks like, like they've taken like two frames out of like the movements and just like let it run which might have been a cost saving thing like yeah. here's like here's the here's the dark truth about animation especially traditional animation in this day and age young justice died the first time around because it wasn't selling enough toys you had to mm-hmm. sell the toys and i have this on authority from people who worked on the show and people i talked to who are voice actors on the show not selling enough toys was the death nail mm-hmm. here's the dirty secret though about animation usually toy companies put up half the money mm-hmm so that's why it's a death nail because they're like, well, you're not moving our plastic, so why are we going to keep putting up half the money for this? Yeah. Be- because obviously Young Justice, the paradigm has shifted, and it's not about selling toys anymore, and it's not on television with commercials. It's on an app. They don't have half the uh, budget that they used to. Yeah, yeah. So they're doing stuff to like cut costs and time. 
and again, talking about like cost cutting measures there. Hey, you notice in that first three episodes, everyone had a stealth suit, so we didn't have to see their lips move. Yeah, or 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 any color, because it was all sort of black, so you didn't have to do like, oh, we need like black lightning to be in his black and yellow and red costume or superboy to have that really weirdly drawn superman symbol on his chest yeah i'm glad to say it gets better in the next three episodes uh things get lighter there's more levity more comedy and you can tell what episodes had the a team on it okay like the sixth episode deals with Rachel Ghoul and they have a big like sword fight and I'm like ah this is this is where you were hiding the A team animation yeah they they pulled all their money for that one episode for that one and in fact I think that might be the way they're gonna do it where it's like okay here's three packs of episodes here's a kind of good one here's one that doesn't look great but here's one we actually spent a lot of time and money on because it was very important. Uh-huh. Like, like even particle effects are different. Like I, uh, I rewatched cold hearted, which was the episode of young justice where it's a big snowstorm and Wally has to run cross country to deliver a heart to like a dying dignitary. And I'm like, ma'am, the particle effects on these in this snow is fucking amazing. And then I'm like, Ooh, season three doesn't have any of these. <laughs> and they're like, no, it was super expensive. We can't <laughs> afford that <laughs> particle of fire, snow, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Also, did, did you catch this too? Artemis's face looks weird now. It does, yeah. I, I, a lot of the characters' faces look weird. I know a lot of people complain that Dick looks like Superboy now, and I'm like, well, I mean, that's a common complaint that Superman and uh, Batman look a lot alike under the mask. That's a, that's a long-running joke just because they're two good-looking dudes with black hair. Yeah, I hope they do something with that, though, because they did that in the animated series all the time, like switch them out like Batman Switched is costume. really Superman and Superman is really Batman I hope that's what they're leading to like a big old costume switch like hey man how about you wear my suit for a little bit and I wear yours to trick some bad guys <laughs> the problem is both the suits look the same <laughs> uh, well it's just a shirt now <laughs> which is funny too three seasons in they haven't even tried to give Superboy a new costume and you think they would have because Young Justice obviously came out the the comic from Brian Michael Bendis mm-hmm. came out this week and they made a very solid point of being like Connor's back but he's dressed like the Metropolis kid now <laughs> yeah yeah you'd think that yeah would you know, maybe give him like a jacket or something but no mm, don't it's got like the cargo shorts and the Nightwing has a new jacket and it's blue <laughs> yeah Maybe maybe that's the joke. He started making that jacket for Connor that he's like, nah, this look good this looks good on me, I'm gonna wear it. <laughs> also too, holy shit, uh Barbara Gordon became Oracle in the two year jump. Yeah. So that's killing cool. joke happened between yeah. those two years. Yeah, something we don't see. <laughs> that's pretty bad. I, I wonder it, are they are they gonna allude to it? <laughs> I mean, you're not making Saturday morning cartoons for kids anymore, so you could try and tackle that in universe oh, no, if I, you want. Are they gonna like allude to it, and then it's like it's gonna cut to like a flashback of like like a sepia toned, uh, like scene from that Killing Joke film? Ugh, I, I mean, I hope not. Only because I didn't like the movie, I would much rather see Greg Wiseman and his team tackle it because they're actually you know good writers. <laughs> they, don't, they don't sepia toned flashback to that scene of her getting shot. They sepia toned to her fucking Batman on the roof. Oh no! <laughs> actually, hey, in that same tone steel shows up john henry irons in the first episode which again makes me think 
did death of superman also happen in between well that's the thing like like because currently there's like obviously those death of superman movies coming out the reign of superman yeah. comes out this coming week um but yeah the design in that looks different than this one but yeah again like is it, it's two different universes mm. which i'm fine with them being different universes i like young justice having its own canon and being its own beast but i think and that's another issue too i think the first two seasons of young justice were able to thrive so greatly because it was clear nobody was paying attention who had any pull mm -hmm. which is also why it got canceled because no one was paying any attention but i mean that was a show that made Roy and Arsenal cool when they were really shitty in the comics and made a lot of choices. Like, Superman and Batman had trunks when they didn't in the comics. Now it looks like people in charge are like, well, we're putting you on the app, and, you know, this is costing us a lot of money here, so you're going to make some changes, damn it. Yeah, cut corners. No, take Superman's trunks away. That's color. That costs money. We just need it all blue. Also, I will say, uh, we only see Superman in, like, the first couple minutes of that first episode. Then we don't see him again for the next six episodes. No, yeah, no, we don't see really any of the other characters, like, any of the Justice League members or, like, half of the Justice League members, the ones that didn't which is, Which is fine by me because the show is called Young Justice. I just thought it's funny. Even Connor says Superman is spending more time in space now, and I'm like, huh. <laughs> this is an easy way to ride him out. To be... I guess where it's like, if you have a big problem, well, why can't you just call Superman your dad to come and help us? <laughs> can't, can't you just do that? Can't you just call him to help us? Another funny thing, I don't know if you caught this, but again, you mentioned how Batman absconded with half the League in the first episode. One of the characters there, I'm like, oh, oh, is that Cyborg? Did they finally put Cyborg in this show? No, it was hardware. <laughs> yeah, just some, like, random character, like, no one really cares about. Oh, but here's the thing about hardware, Matt. He's a milestone character, like uh, Static and like Icon and Rocket. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I don't think they're going to care. No, I don't think they do, but here's the thing. I think they should care, though, because last time we heard uh, the Duffy estate, who are like the primary shareholders and like intellectual rights holders of Milestone— were suing DC over those new books they wanted to come out that still never came out. So I'm like, should should Static and Hardware even be here? Is this a breach of something? <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe he's one of those characters that is just like, okay, you know, we're never realistically going to do anything with him. Mm. He could do whatever, and, and if that's his only appearance, I'm sure it's fine. Like on a screen, right. But, to, but if he talks, damn it. Yeah, on the screen next to that weird Plastic Man design. Oh, yeah, yeah, Plastic Man. They're like, well, we can't make him look like a, like a 1950s wrestler. We need to make him look different. Yeah, that was such a weird design. It was a bit of an odd choice. You know, I, I personally like my uh, Plastic Man to look like a dope because Elo O'Brien is a dope and he should look silly. <laughs> From the first time you see him, it's like, man, look at that silly guy. He looks like an unlaced boot. <laughs> But yeah, jokes aside, Young Justice is fun. It's cool. I'm glad it's back. The last three episodes were much better than the first three episodes. So, you know, if you were turned off in any way or were like, oh, wow, this really changed. You know, this doesn't feel like the same show anymore. Trust me, it feels like the same show in the next three episodes. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, I was because, man, I think you and I were both really afraid. It's like, please don't make me not like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please, please don't go <clears throat> Titans on it. Ugh. 
because that show already exists. I had a lot of people asking me that too. Surprisingly, I had no people doing what I thought they were going to do and be like, oh, well, Joel likes and defends the darker tone of the first three episodes of Young Justice season three, but he doesn't like the darker tone in Titans. A, it's apples and oranges. B, we had two seasons of setup to get to this dark point. And C, go fuck yourself. <laughs> and, and, you know, D, the character's motivations for being more harder edged and everything it's makes it's, sense it makes sense in titans it doesn't make any sense it's, it's there for the sake of it exactly you know they're not when young justice goes darker and more mature they're not trying to shock they're not trying to be edgy and moreover than that they're not being mean-spirited about it mm. which again is part of shocking mm. are you shocked yet matt oh no i'm not I mean, if I whipped out my dick right now, people would be shocked, but it doesn't mean it's a good idea. <laughs> well, they, they, they would be shocked and embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> but not me, though. I'm incapable of that. That's my superpower. Shamelessness. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure some people would be into it. Maybe, like, two who would rapidly defend it. Like, no, this was a bold direction for the comic multiverse <laughs> when Joel and Matt whipped out their dicks on stream. <laughs> It's I mean, 2019 killed... people. It's 2019. <laughs> uh, dicks out for change. <laughs> that's that's a meme that disappeared, and I think that's a shame. I was a fan of dicks out for blank. <laughs> <laughs> Just the concept in general. It's like it's in solidarity we will whip our dicks out. <laughs> uh, but that's Young Justice, everyone. I thought you'd enjoy a little taste of that. I know Matt and I don't talk about near as much TV as we used to. We'll make a point of talking about some more TV because I think uh, I think Gifted has to be coming to an end uh, soon enough. We got uh, Flash and Legends and all that coming back. And, I mean, obviously we're building up to another Crisis crossover. Yeah, definitely. So that's going to be special. Uh I guess from there we head on to our kind of last piece of news this week. But, you know, oh, oh, it's a biggie. It's a humdinger, and it's something I think Matt and I can take a little bit of credit for because I feel in a weird way we made this happen. <laughs> but, yes, uh, Aquaman is now DC Warner Brothers' highest-grossing superhero film ever. Again, kind of a low bar to set, but at the same time, yeah. this is the movie that kind of deserves it. <laughs> Yeah, good, good on them for it. You know, it's we we joked about it, Matt. You and I said, what if Aquaman does amazing? What if Aquaman is the best one? Just to really make the people who run that company pull their hair out. What What do you mean people don't want Batman and Superman, but they're so horny for Aquaman? They want so much Aquaman. What do we do? Do we Do we give it to them? I guess. But yeah, I figured that would actually be a good. Uh, uh, good segue to do our Aquaman centric spoiler cast. We didn't get to do one when the movie came out. I think this might be the latest we've done a spoiler cast, but you know, fuck it. There's no other news to talk about. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. So, Aquaman, yeah, it was pretty good, wasn't it? Yeah, it's not without its problems, but yeah, it's the yeah. best DCEU movie ever out. So, it, it's, it's not a masterpiece. I don't think it had the same kind of emotional resonance that Wonder Woman did. Mm -hmm. But then again, this one doesn't whiff the ending the way Wonder Woman whiffs the ending. No, no it's actually, I wouldn't say it's quite a reserved ending, but it's like more time was put into it. Well, it's 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 funny because it is and it isn't. But I mean, we'll, we'll yeah. get to that ending and my own issues I had with it. You know, we have uh, Jason Momoa playing Jason Momoa as Arthur Curry, the Aquaman. Oh, he was Jason Momoa-ing it up. 
which the man is charming. You know, you cannot fault him for that. In fact, as I sat and watched the movie and saw him in such close proximity to redheaded Dolph Lundgren, my mind instantly went to, you know what he's doing? He's doing the 80s action hero thing. He's being Schwarzenegger and Stallone in their prime. It's, you know, I I get by by sheer force of charisma. I've got pippy one-liners. Look at my abs. That's Jason Momoa's greatest problem as a performer. He was born in the wrong decade. If he was born in the 1980s and was a movie star there, he'd be massive. Oh, he'd be a household name. He'd be a household although he's getting there now yeah. anyway almost by sheer force of, oh, which fucking good on you for that, man. People aren't calling you Khal Drogo anymore. <laughs> and I, I think is there there's no better indication that this is just Jason Momoa being Jason Momoa, and I joked about this on Twitter, than the whole tattoo thing, that he's so <laughs> proud of them that for like 90% of the movie, he just runs around in his tattoos and nothing else, which are his own tattoos. They kind of try and make you think like, no, no, it's an Atlantean thing, not a Polynesian thing. Then why do no other Atlanteans have tattoos? Well, see, that's the thing, because, like, I've seen, I've seen, like, his, I've seen, like, just photos of him, like, on, like, red carpets and everything, when, when he just, like, wears that sort of, like, gypsy look. And yeah, he's got a very interesting fashion, like, neo-Native American from the future. <laughs> and he does he only has that one arm tattoo, he doesn't have the whole body tattoo, all the rest are, like, oh. ones that he, they put on him for the film. I could be oh, see, I did wrong, not... but I've only seen like pictures of him when he's like, you know, at a beach or like yeah, at one of these mm -hmm. premieres where he's in one of those shows, and he just has like that arm, like scale male arm tattoo thing he has. Right, because because I just assumed he went full Dwayne the Rock Johnson, Anawahi, uh, Roman Reigns thing, where it's like, no, see, I just get one little tattoo, but then I keep adding to it over the years, and by the end, I'll have a full bodysuit of uh, Polynesian tattoos. I I I'm I might be wrong. I I don't know, but yeah, all the pictures I've seen, he's only had that like one little mm. arm tattoo. Well, well, I mean, clearly he likes tattoos, and clearly yeah. that was a driving force for the character. Even though it's fucking hilarious to me, and I I gotta give credit to my mom on this one because she actually brought this one up to me. She's like, "Hey, if uh, if Aquaman is so bulletproof and people can't shoot him and stab him or anything, uh, how did he get all those tattoos done?" It's a it's a good like yeah how how. I was I was shocked at my mother for that. I'm like, that is an amazing insight, Mom. I am stealing this idea and passing it off as my own. And when did he get them? Because they wouldn't be like Atlantean tattoos, right? They're just like tattoos. There's there's even a scene, and this scene is so adorable in retrospect. It's little it's little Babby Aquaman Jr. Uh, hanging out with Volko, and he's got a little Babby tattoo, which will one day grow into a big tattoo. <laughs> if you just keep pouring water on it. It'll just keep. That's that's the thing. They're all henna tattoos. They're all temporary. He wakes up every morning. And does I, them. I I remember. I, I said it like I had like a good idea of like how he got them. Whereas like when he when he's branded a traitor, they like put them on yeah. him, and they're like traitor tattoos that signal like he's half human. He's not worthy I, of something, and he uses them as like a. He's proud of them because he is half. Right. Human. 
Yeah, like he's taking it back. I kept waiting for that moment. I'm like, okay, well, is there like a map hidden in the tattoos? Yeah. Like prison break? Is it like a message from his mom? Does it mean something? Because, you know, why why do they keep showing them off if they don't mean anything? You have to use every part of the story. It's Chekhov's gun and everything. You can't show me the tattoos and then have them not mean anything in the end. And they technically didn't mean anything. Yeah, they they also could have done the thing where, like, when he's that little kid and he's in the aquarium and his eyes turn yellow, they could have done something where it's like oh you see like his arm or something and the tattoo like appears on the arm when his eyes turn yellow meaning like oh he's getting in touch with his atlantean side or something i don't know i i mean maybe volko just on the side when he's not being you know like the vizier to the royal atlantean family he's also an amateur tattoo artist in his van it's like hey hey kid come to my van i have some designs i want to show up okay willem dafoe <laughs> I hope that's a deleted scene, just him, all right, I, I showed you how to do the water wand trick, and now I'm going to draw some sick tribal on you, bro. <laughs> You'll be the coolest kid ever. <laughs> that's what I wanted in that movie. But yeah, I mean, just like solid cast, obviously Jason Momoa getting by by the sheer power of being Jason Momoa. Willem Dafoe, as I mentioned, uh, the brother Orem, uh, who's that again? That's uh, Pat- Patrick Wilson playing. He, he he was so good in this film. Patrick Wilson he he elevated the material of what was ultimately a really underwritten villain, whose motivation kind of changes from scene to scene. To I I I fucking hate the surface because of pollution and global warming is boiling the oceans and I will drown them in their own garbage. And it's like okay, fair enough. And then like almost to the end of the movie. Where, they, where I really wish they gave this bit more time, but like his motivation seems to change a little bit to be like, no, I'm mad at the surface because it stole my mother away from me. Yeah. And that's why I'm pissed off. And I'm like, oh, that's a great motivation. Are we going to get to hear? No, we're not going to get to hear any of this because the movie's over. And then it kind of changes again where it's like, I'm motivated because I need to kill Arthur because yeah. Arthur's like likes the, 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 the surface dwellers and my mom left because of him and whatnot and then yeah it then changed to like i'm gonna kill it because the service world took my mom yeah but, if they but had it just didn't. so then like wouldn't he get mad be mad at his his father then because his like father who passed the sentence and again yeah. man this if they if they had just taken another pass at that and like yeah. tightened up his origin it would have been really good and like you don't you don't even have the thanos excuse of like well yeah he's a crazy person like None. He's not really Orm a crazy person. He thinks he plans. He's like, he's got a lot of stuff going on. He's not a crazy person. And the thing is, he's kind of, you know, he did, he he's not undeserving of the throne. Like, say, like Killmonger no. or something. Like, he deserves the throne. Like, he is the the legit legitimate it's, son and everything and it's not only that it's the line of succession and as we can see the atlantean trains are running on time he's not doing a bad job no, no people seem to like him yeah people seem to be cool with it it would be one thing if he was like a shitty uncle scar leader where yeah. it's like there's no food anymore yeah yeah but he's doing he's doing all right but he just doesn't have the magic pitchfork so i guess he can't be king anymore no it's it's also a thing too where it's like he brings up the pollution thing like ah i hate the surface dwellers because of the pollution and global warming will kill the sea as well as you know the the rest of the planet and i kept waiting for the moment where i'm like oh shit he's got you there arthur what's what's your rebuttal to global warming oh none none you have no rebuttal he's just gonna twirl your spear around (laughs) nor do you for the rest of the movie have any any counterpoint to this no i guess you don't don't you (laughs) 
once again, had the movie been, uh, had they taken another pass at it and had he had like something good to say to advocate on the part of humanity, I think that would have taken it from a pretty enjoyable movie to a pretty great movie. Yeah, and again, like, because this is very, very, very similar to Black Panther. Um, yeah. Uh, again, like, the movie could have ended with, like, oh, uh, you know, Arthur's king of Atlantis now. Okay, we're going to go talk with the with the surface world. We're going to mm-hmm. make our presence known, like in at the end of Black Panther, where he makes Wakanda's presence known. If, if they're smart, that will be the sequel. And, in fact, I was working on my own sequel when I left the movie, where it's like, hey, Arthur, you're king now you have zero experience and in fact you killed a whole bunch of people with that giant sea monster stunt hell you didn't even introduce yourself to the king of the crab people before you took his entire society and dropped it into a lava sinkhole why why should they listen to you oh because you have the magic stick he's kind of a dictator in that way like he's the only one around like oh i guess we have to go with this guy Furthermore, your mom is alive and back now. So which she, doesn't that she mean, technically would be in charge. Doesn't that mean she should be queen? In fact, when you found your mom, if you didn't need the trident to leave, you probably didn't even have to get the trident because she literally could have come back and said, hey, Orm, knock the fuck off. And he'd be like, okay, mom. Yeah, exactly. He didn't need to fight him. Which, which that's a problem in the script, too, where it's like, well, if literally one lady being like, knock it off, could have ended everything. Because <laughs> she kind of outranks all of you. I, I was shocked to see the dinosaur island at the center of the Earth. That's straight from, like, uh, the DC uh, Rebirth era. Yeah, yeah. All that sort of stuff was, like, really cool. It makes And, and it's like, it, it removes it so far from that original Zack Snyder, no, we're grounded and serious mm-hmm. and dark and everything, which... I'm so glad the movie decided to do. It just ditches all of that crap. Also, too, you know, when I watch A Man of Steel or when I watch Batman v Superman or Justice League, it's like, oh, you read one, maybe two comics in your life. When you watch this Aquaman movie, oh, you've read many Aquaman comics, I yeah. see, because I can tell all the stories you're pulling from. Good job. Yeah, you can immediately tell, oh, that's from The Trench. Oh, that's from Throne of Atlantis. Legend well, of the Seven Seas. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff in here. Yeah, you can tell, and and it's it's very clear. It's not you know you need a a forty minute analytical video on YouTube to tell you about. Uh, Doctor uh, Shin is there for a minute, played yeah. by uh, what is it? One of our favorite Asian American actors, who I like yeah. gets to be in the MCU and in the DCU. <laughs> that, I kind of thought like he was going to do more because they cast you know Randall, Randall Parker's and think oh he's going to like appear later on, but yeah, he's in that one like cnn room scene i bet he had a bigger part or i bet they're prime in the pump for a sequel (laughs) water pun but yeah because you you don't cast randall park and then just have him be a talking head especially again as aquaman fans will know dr shin is pretty damn important uh in the new 52 jeff john stories for how aquaman grew up and even how his father was killed his father doesn't die in this movie no no which, which I think makes him a rarity that he's a DC hero who has not one but two living parents. <laughs> yeah. Now we really, are, now we really are breaking new ground here—a superhero with two living parents, <laughs> and he has a good relationship with them. What? <laughs> what? He's, he's constantly going out with them. What? This is new and different. And also, your dad is Django Fett, which is pretty sweet. Yeah, that was pretty cool casting. <laughs> That actor is really good. I'm glad they spent as much time on Aquaman's parents as they did, because it's very important to his character. Yeah, yeah. 
they spent just enough time on it to really explain where it's like, and this is why his mom had to go away, and this is why his dad is a sad lighthouse keeper, and this mm-hmm. kind of you know informed everything about him. And I'm like, this this is good. You clearly, again, you clearly read a lot of Aquaman stories, and you gave us a new origin that borrows a little from everything and makes sense. I did I did say when 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 I first saw it, I did say like, so like, Atlantis is basically hunting Atlanta. So why yes. doesn't she just move to like a landlocked state, <laughs> like away from the ocean? Because 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 we need Amnesty Bay in Maine, and we need <laughs> we need lighthouses. <laughs> That's why, damn it, <laughs> we need some lighthouses. Uh, Black Manta is in the movie too, which oh his God, inclusion so cool. <laughs> He was, wasn't he? He's so cool. And it's like, you could really cut him and the movie didn't need him, but fuck, is he cool, though? You made Black Manta badass. Yeah, I, I, I liked his introduction with him working with his father as, like, pirates that have... And I like that they, they actually explain, like, every little thing. Like, he just doesn't have that, like, manta race. They explain it later on. It's like, oh, he stole it from the American military and all that sort of stuff. And which is more than the comics really do to explain Black Manta. It's shocking that that character has been around so long, and yet so little has actually been written about his origin. Yeah. I I, I will admit that scene, it's a good scene, but it's indicative of what you're going to get in the rest of the movie, and that is characters come down with a bad case of exposition diarrhea. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, like where his father stops this, this like pirating job just to just like, oh, here, have this knife that has a, a ray on it, and our ancestors had it. You got to take this knife. Was the meanwhile Aquaman's killing all their men? Yeah. Now, now, as you know, Black Manta. No, you don't actually have a real name, so I'm just gonna call you Black Manta. As you know, Black Manta. This knife belonged to our grandfather, and he was a frogman in World War Two. And blah 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 blah. Obviously, you know this because I carry this knife every day. But I'm only just telling you this story right now. <laughs> The, the movie did that like three times where it just yeah. stops dead for exposition. Uh, Orm does it again later too. And he's like, ah, yes, we stand here at the site of the ancient Kings of Atlantis. And if I get all the votes, I can become the ocean master and declare war and blah, blah, blah. But you know how they get out of that? It's okay to have a bunch of exposition. So long as something explodes at face level. Off oh my screen. God. I, I, I completely had a problem with that. Cause like, yeah, it ha- that happened three, probably, yeah, three or four times. Yeah. They're like talking and then it goes quiet. I'm like, ah, explosion's about to happen, and then, like, explosion. boom, fucking explosion, Black Manta's there, and boom, it's submarine, and... Never have I seen a better example of that old screenwriting uh, trick where they're like, look, if you don't know how to end a scene, just have someone get shot. Or I think even, like, Michael Bay said it, look, there needs to be a car chase or an explosion every ten minutes. Yeah, it's exactly that. <laughs> it's like, and I'm not saying... don't know how to finish the explosion. And I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just saying this is a beautiful moment to teach film theory right here. It's like, look, you don't know how to end an awkward expo- uh, expository scene? Have something blow up off screen. Yeah, just, just blow it up. They, they do that, and hey, it fucking works. They, they do change the specifics of how Black Manta and Aquaman meet, and it's a little less Shakespearean because obviously in the comics, uh, Black Manta gets hired by Dr. Shin to steal some paperwork off Arthur's dad. He gets killed mm-hmm. uh, in, the, in like the crossfire, and enraged Aquaman goes to kill who he thinks is Black Manta, but he actually kills Black Manta's dad because he's wearing the suit that day and thus begins their Shakespearean blood feud. Couldn't really do that in the movie, so we have this kind of confusing moment where Aquaman 
really easily could have helped yeah. and really should have helped, but he's like, ah, fuck you guys. I helped enough for today. Which doesn't make much sense because of, like, I, I guess you could say the stuff he learned in Justice League to, like, help and work. And, but in saying that, like, the movie also just plays fast and loose. It's like, yeah, Justice League might have happened. They mentioned, like, Boy, Steppenwolf once. They sure do. They mentioned that one time, and then they're like, oh, that Atlantis you thought was Atlantis? That wasn't really Atlantis. No, that was nondescript ruins yes and also that trident you thought was your trident that's not really the trident this is the trident that costume you thought was your costume this was the real costume <laughs> again just like retconning all this shit everyone hated which i would have had a problem with it but you're right i did not like justice league i <laughs> like this better thank you for changing it yeah yeah <laughs> i'm i'm totally all right with all this in fact because I didn't like Justice League so much, I don't ask the question that people always ask when we talk about Avengers movies, and that is, if the problem was so bad, why didn't they call the Avengers? Here, it's like, if the problem was so bad, why didn't Aquaman call the Justice League? Because fuck those guys. I, I asked that just specifically with, like, all the trash washing up on, on, like, the shores, like, just, like, mountains of this stuff. I'm like, where's, like, Wonder Woman? Where's, where's Superman? <laughs> why are yeah, they hey, doing shit? Hey Superman, do you have a problem with this? Oh, you're you're somewhere, someone. No, no one cares. <laughs> oh, you're, you're crying about something. I don't know. Yeah, what else is new? <laughs> I can just imagine Clark. Oh, the garbage! It makes me so sad. <laughs> I need to fly away into space and not do things. <laughs> I need to go away. <laughs> and where's where's Bruce? He's in rehab. Oh, too <laughs> I, real, man. Again. <laughs> too real man where's wonder woman back in 18 or in 1984 maybe <laughs> somehow we don't know how that works yet no but we will uh I, I guess really the only thing that i i genuinely did not like and was not a fan of and i think we're both gonna agree on this wow the music blew in this <laughs> i don't know who's like in charge of like sorting out like who does the music for each of these dc film but like they need to be fired. <laughs> yes, not not only fired but horsewhipped. Like this might be the worst one. Like Justice League had some bad musical choices. BBS and Man of Steel had bad musical choices, but this one right here, oh my god, a pitbull song with a sample from Toto's Africa. That's like, hey, do you want to be kicked in the nuts and have some salt rubbed in the wound while we're at it? This is like. I, I like to think that that's like a holdover from like when the movie was being developed in like 2006. Oh, oh it has to be a placeholder song, and it comes in at the worst time too. Hey, we're going, we're going to the Sahara, which again is right from Jeff Johns's Aquaman run. That's an issue right there. Mm -hmm. Hey, we're gonna go to the Sahara, which is in Africa. Let's play the song from Pitbull that samples Africa. Well, not only that, it happens after this this very very serious event of like Arthur being like beaten in atlantis and mera basically mm -hmm. turning her back on her people to help the traitor and them both escaping from being killed and pitbull it's it's tone deaf and i just don't mean pitbull is tone deaf i mean he absolutely is but i mean it's tone deaf in the movie as well yeah absolutely weird choice at least the actual the original score for the film was really cool it is sometimes and all the underwater scenes it's cool then they're walking around the desert and you got like what I could only describe as like a, a, a epidemic sound, like stuff that you and I could get for free on the internet, like copyright free placeholder music. Red Letter Media talked about that and they said it's like that sort of 
rom-com music that is yes. like a stock standard sound that you could just yes. find on it and it's exactly that it it really is it's shocking i'm like how how did no one change this how did no one step in and be like no we need to record something better because there's yeah there's like good orchestral stuff when they're underwater but just in that scene wow that was bad and then when they go to the italian village they start playing like a twee indie hipster song when they're in italy how does that make any sense yeah it, it's completely strange the music and and yeah the music in all of the dc films have been so strange I mean, heck, even in Justice League, they're like, oh, hey, what's Aquaman's theme tune? Uh, Icky Thump by the White Stripes. Um, I'm so glad we didn't have any of that kind of shit in this. <laughs> honestly, man, I hated the music in this one so much, I I could have killed for some <laughs> Icky Thump. At least that has a good-ass riff in there. Oh, you, you know the one, like, I don't think it was the worst, but it was the one that annoyed me the most. When Black Manta has his whole, yeah, suiting up montage, I'm evil oh, yeah, Iron yeah, Man. It doesn't make any my... sense. <laughs> He's listening to, like, some lame radio crap. I'm like, Black Manta would not listen to this. He would listen to something with some fucking bass in it. <laughs> you, you know what he would listen to? He would listen to Hello Danger from the Spider-Verse movie is what he would listen to. <laughs> in fact, that even has a lyric in there about swimming with sharks. That's what it should have been. <laughs> no, you know what it should have been? It should have been Annie Up by uh, Ma, or M-O-B is what that should be. Annie Up, kidnap that fool. Annie up, your life or your jewels. That's what he should have been listening to. Because <laughs> uh, he's a pirate. Your life or your jewel. Any of these are better selections. Why don't, you should become the DC music supervisor. <laughs> Matt, the comic multiverse will do it for a sandwich and a handshake. Heck, give us give us some merchandise. We'll do it. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Speaking of merchandise, actually, uh, I got sent something from a company. I don't think DC sent it to me, but clearly they had a rollout of people who work with certain people. They sent me a light-up Shazam sweater, but it's a large, and I am not a large, so I can't wear it. Oh, no. No, and I was going to be wearing it around and lighting up Shazam everywhere I go. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> so, you know, if anyone out there is listening, Joel is an extra large. <laughs> But yeah, I, I, again, you know, let, let's talk about the finale too, because it's it, it's better than the finales we normally get in the DC movies. But it is indicative of a problem I have, and that is nothing in them is real because it's all clearly done in a computer, and there's nothing you can grab onto. Nice. It feels like a video game. They're not standing on anything real. They're not holding anything real. It's really annoying, you know, uh, Ocean Master's helmet's not real. None of it's real. It looks cool, but yeah, it's not real. I, I feel like I'm playing a really expensive video game. It's like, hey, you know what? Give me, g g give me the controller. It's my turn to play. I think I can beat Ocean Master. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, Aquaman had a lot going for it. Uh, the audience I saw it with seemed very pleased with it. And in fact, the cab driver who drove me home, he had seen it the night before, and he was just enraptured by it. You know, he... He compared it to, like, seeing Star Wars as a kid, and I'm like, really? Okay. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> okay. I mean, hey, I, I'm i not going to spit in the face of love. If people like it and people are that wowed by it, China is wowed by it. It's one of the biggest movies in China currently. So is Transformers. <laughs> That's true. I was going to say, hey, and if they the like Chinese— They like CGI action blockbusters. <laughs> because that's inherently American is what it is. Yeah. And, you know, you want to live the American dream of watching a big, loud movie. Yeah, yeah. The, the one thing I did like that the movie did was it set quite a bit of it in daylight. Like, 
broad yes. daylight light you could yes. actually see what was happening boy was that nice yeah, and even like in well, when when they had like the the deep dark ocean scenes there's like they had like reasons for like why is there light oh it's these jellyfish and mm-hmm, these mm-hmm. these strange illuminate uh, illuminate creatures and everything that had like yeah. read there wasn't just like oh because the the sun <laughs> also an octopus played the drums at one point the highlight of the film <laughs> to where i'm like thank you for that this is the sort of as as i forget who i'm quoting here but they said that's the sort of bollocks this needs <laughs> And I agree, you don't make an Aquaman movie without having a giant squid play the drums. <laughs> also, Aquaman rides a seahorse in this movie. It's a giant mutant war seahorse, but he fucking rides one. He does. He rides... What, what, was that, what was that creature called at the end? The, the K, K-Ran? Oh. Kray-Kan? It, it, was, it wasn't it was... the Kraken. It was something that I imagine was like, oh, it's meant to be the Kraken, but we all say they, it wrong or something. They they should have just called it the fucking Kraken. It's the goddamn Kraken oh, or yeah. the Leviathan or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, oh, God. It looked really cool, and he rides that. I thought that was pretty yeah. cool. And as well, they, they even they even managed to do his powers justice where you see like the sonar waves when he sends yeah. out. I thought that was really cool. I didn't think they would do that. I thought they just do it like oh he he looks intently at a shark or something and <laughs> and it bites orm's head off or something <laughs> and and we get the orange and green costume and it looks pretty it good did. in live action it looks really good yeah, which didn't think i'd get that which thank you that's that's good good job yeah i know we probably wouldn't see anywhere else no or maybe we i don't know this this is a, a new age oh, is dawning at I, dc warner brothers I, films i, sh- I should have uh, if Zack snyder was to get his way i doubt we would actually see that we'd be stuck with that crappy one that he had in justice league now nah, he's too busy designing shirts now for charity oh shirts that are apparently that's his justice league too <laughs> this this shirt <laughs> this gobbledygook of a shirt gone to a good cause but it's a shitty that's design. true can you believe all these years later people are still talking about oh release the snyder cut there's no snyder I can. cut i can you should you should t- today as we record you should check my timeline <laughs> i i think i did i think some of that bled into my timeline i'm like guys guys l- let it go there's better hills to die on please please don't become the birthers of the comic book community or the flat earthers believing in one incredibly stupid conspiracy theory even though there is a mountain of proof to the contrary <laughs> please gotta, don't it's be gotta come out damn it joel we've got to have some faith we've got to we've got to we've got to pull our money and buy a plane to fly a banner over <laughs> i'm not lying they actually did that no i know they did it's like that rapper who was like, look, we, we can't trust NASA. We need to buy our own spaceships and our own drones to see how flat the Earth is. <laughs> okay, sure, why not? Yeah. And then if I get enough money in my GoFundMe, I'm going to launch a spaceship. Uh... And we'll see just how flat the Earth is. <laughs> I almost want to be like, look, you know what? Take take that idiot up in That's the, the next if spaceship I, and like let him... If I was like Elon Musk, I'd give him all the money to do that and just be like, go on off you go go to space <laughs> leave us alone and, he, and elon musk would do it too because he's rich and fucking crazy <laughs> that's the thing he starts chartering trips but only for flat earthers only flat earthers can go to space and see how round it is <laughs> oh man but yeah aquaman it was all right it was pretty good it seems pretty to be good. uh 
has me uh, more excited now for Shazam. I'm hoping this really is the beginning of a new era at uh, DC Films. I hope it is, and I hope we've seen it in the past and it could definitely re repeat itself i hope the studio doesn't decide well we're going to get our hands in on the second one now that we've got a success yeah. and and take all of what made that this first movie good and kind of bin it yeah that i mean that's another thing and we mentioned this before that you know it feels Aquaman feels like no one at the top was paying attention because no. they didn't care because they're like, yeah, Aquaman, sure, whatever. We got Superman and Batman and Justice League. Yeah. And they're going to do, oh, no. Yeah, and then, yeah, by the time that happened, James Wan had probably already filmed all the film and was deep into editing, so they couldn't. They're like, oh, fuck, what do we do? Couldn't fuck with it too uh, we'll much. Just, we'll just let him let him do, do his thing. And it's yeah, worked. Sure. It's worked. Then getting to $1 billion. <laughs> Yeah, good, good job course correcting. I will say that you you actually seem like you're course correcting for good this time. Yeah, and hopefully it sticks. Yeah, and and not to blame any one person, but just to say now that they're gone, <laughs> look how your fortunes have changed. Look, look what happens when you talk to people like Jeff Johns. Yeah, and, and let so him get involved. <laughs> it's almost like he knows his shit or something. <laughs> Yeah, and it's almost like the people who think that he shouldn't be involved are wrong. <sighs> <laughs> Not to name names, though. Not to name no names. We don't do that here, except for when we do. <laughs> uh, but uh, any parting thoughts there, Matt? Anything to say? I... We're a little shorter than we normally are. Do we do we want to talk about what comics we've been enjoying recently? We won't we won't go through all of them, but let's like uh, talk about what we read this week that we liked. Oh, cool. Uh, well, let's talk about Young Justice since we mentioned it earlier on the show. Yeah, probably my favorite thing Bendis has written so far at DC, even though it completely bends continuity over a park bench and has its way with it. it, it it's a weird place in continuity. Yes. Um, oh, I, I yes. said this on Twitter when I read it, and I saw people kind of confused. Superman Reborn changed everything in the DC universe, so, and I think a lot it of only people... changed some things. It changes what the writers feel it should have changed, well, but it thing. did like, change it, it everything. It changed it enough so that if a writer wants something to come back, they can actually have it back and actually have it make sense, in a way. Um, but then yeah. you get stuff with like, hey, Tim Drake has shown up here, but didn't Tim Drake and Spoiler say they were going to go and get to the bottom of this DC Rebirth Manhattan conspiracy? Oh, she's gone now. Don't ask questions. I imagine, hopefully, we'll, we'll be getting some answers to that soon. Um, also, hey, uh, Impulse, you seem to know everybody here really well. That's because you were on the Teen Titans team with them in the New 52. Oh, no, wait, that was Bart Tor, not you. Yeah, yeah, this is Bart Allen from the post flashpoint universe who came back in flash war so he would know everyone right that's what people are telling me that uh speedsters uh are able to tell because it's all history to them yeah 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 well he he was actually kind kind of very similar to wally west stuck in a place from the new from the post flashpoint stuck in the speed force and he got out at the end of flashpoint so yeah he's kind of in that same situation that wally was in right and he, yeah, like, knows everyone. Right, that's, that, that is if Ben just knew that and he wasn't just making a mistake, but hey, I like your version better. I'll, I'll take some answer over no answer. <laughs> then, of course, there's Connor, who it's like, hey, weren't they implying you were deleted by Dr. Manhattan, but now it looks like you were just in Gemworld the whole time? Well, apparently, 
and it, this could just be like Ben just like like stoking the fires as he usually does on Twitter, but like apparently he's going to be it's going to be revealed that he was off with the Legion. Oh, like off sometime somewhere and hasn't been back for a while or something. Which which that's an excuse I pitched several times. Be like, fuck it, he was off with the Legion. The they easiest, needed a it's super the person. Easiest one. It is, and it probably relates to a time when Bendis was reading Superman comics, so that's something he could bring back, but that still doesn't answer any of the questions from A Lonely Place of Living and Mr. Oz and all those other stories where future Tim Drake says, oh, not only is he gone, he was deleted from history. I guess we will find out, hopefully soon. <laughs> hopefully, As hopefully Dan DeDio hasn't, like, kiboshed all of that shit. <laughs> We're not going to find that out. You'll pull some... <laughs> Read Heroes in Crisis to find out. <laughs> we'll, we'll get a weak answer or we'll get no answer at all, which in yeah. sometimes no answer is better than an answer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Also, hey, why are you dressed like the Metropolis Kid again? Shut up. <laughs> well, apparently he's going he's gonna to go back and forth from costumes. That one, he, there's like art that the uh, artist did for um, young, uh, young Justice Issue 3 that has him in like the t-shirt and interesting yeah same same for robin what why tim drake are you back to being robin now when you were red robin all throughout the new 52 <laughs> and even your last costume had a little r on it now yes i know in a lonely place of living they retconned his entire origin back to the one we know when he's told to tell it to mr oz but still it's funny that they changed that and don't mention it <laughs> But yeah, I, I, like, again, I could complain about continuity all day, but it was fun and it was enjoyable and there was a youthful exuberance to it and it had a real, like, uh, New Avengers vibe to it. It did, it did. I, I thought it was, yeah, really fun and Gemworld, having Gemworld as, like, the villains is really interesting mm. as well. Yeah, shocked it's never been done before. Also, Bendis makes his first mention of crises here. In fact, he says the seven crises and I'm like, okay. Which seven crises are you talking about? Because there's been way more than seven. <laughs> yeah, so you, which ones? So we've got the final crisis, the infinite crisis. Are we going to count heroes in crisis? <laughs> I mean, that and identity crisis shouldn't count because nothing changed. And then it's like, well, okay, what about a crisis in time? And what about the flash of two Earths? Is that a crisis? Yeah, is convergence and a crisis? Is, is, is Superman reborn a crisis? Is, uh they wanted to call Dark Knight's Metal Dark Crisis. Does that count? <laughs> yeah, be specific, Bendis. Although he probably doesn't even know either. No, he's like, I just picked seven because it's a cool number and because I have seven members of this team. <laughs> That's probably why. Yeah, that is probably why. <laughs> Which, hey, I, again, I have no problem with that, too. Maybe he'll get to it. Maybe he won't get to it. I don't know. But again, it's fun. I enjoyed this much more than I've been enjoying his Superman yeah it was it was really 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 quite a good first issue i i'm interested to see who that teen lantern is because he he, he introduced uh, us to all these characters and that teen lantern just kind of showed up right the uh, the the rumor and the skinny is is that she's not actually a green lantern but she's like a tech expert who was able to like hack a power battery oh that'd be pretty interesting yeah, that's not bad. Uh, uh, my buddy Sal had a good theory too, where he's like, "Hey, if it w if uh, Bendis was smart, you know what it should be that she's a Green Lantern, but she's a magical Green Lantern, like how the original Alan Scott used to be." And I'm like, "Oh, that's so smart. He won't do it though." It's smart, but then you also have the thing was like, "Oh, well, then her weakness would just be wood." Yeah, that'd be a, that'd be a little rough. Ah, eh, what's made of wood anymore these days? Everything's synthetic. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> 
well, hey, that's that's your first arc there. You have to cure the wood impurity like they cured the yellow impurity from the Green Lanterns. <laughs> we must meet the ancient god of wood and learn its secrets. Uh, what else did we have this week that I enjoyed? Uh, I just finished Justice League. Oh, that was a good issue. That was a good issue. It felt like a great episode of the Justice League cartoon, didn't it? It did. I, I, li- I like this team-up we get with, like, Hawk Girl, Martian Manhunter, and Green Lantern. It's really cool. They use them all to great effect, and if you're a continuity junkie, they bring back the Absorbicon, which is a Thanagarian artifact from the frickin' Golden Age. Yeah, we haven't seen that in a while. And and they brought Ooh. it back, and they explained, like, its workings really simply as well. They didn't go into, oh, it does all this, that's that makes memories real yeah well it used to be it could read minds and now it's like oh it can do more than that it can make memories real but it's like ooh, that has some pretty huge implications should they take that to its natural conclusion yeah well they actually already use it that that's how they explain why the savage hawkman is around and yeah why like, there's multiple hawk people he's like the savage hawkman is like made by this machine and that's, that's I... and that's why manhunter couldn't read his mind or anything because he technically doesn't exist which is incredibly clever i'm like could you do that for other things (laughs) i mean god put that in the hands of someone creative like scott snyder he's like oh you have no idea what i plan to do with this oh god he he can't be stopped (laughs) yeah i will do also coming on the heels of mr mixelplet gonna be a villain in one of the next upcoming arcs and what looks to be the justice league versus a bunch of alternate universe justice leagues that would be something cool put that on superman and have him be like all right i'm gonna summon all these hypothetical superman oh that'd be so cool from other points in time i will fight your imagination with further imagination no then you, you you want someone with imagination put it on a green lantern yeah really who can just create all sorts of shit heck uh john stewart's pretty creative he was able to create uh, kryptonite i thought that was pretty cool <laughs> and for him to be like yeah i can't i can't do this all the time though it's very hard yeah <laughs> that's that's all i ask just to say why he can't do it every time because it's difficult <laughs> Uh, I guess one other book we read this week, and it just wouldn't be a comic multiverse show if we didn't talk about this. Uh, Batman came out this week too. Oh, did it? Let's talk about Batman, and let's talk about last week because Heroes in Crisis came out last week, and I want to talk about that one <laughs> as well. Yeah, but both were incredibly thin, weren't they? Oh my god! Let's say this 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 Batman one is apparently part two of the Nightmares book, but I, I uh, instead of following the story of that that kid serial killer like I imagined it would have. Uh, yeah tom king got bored and decided he wanted to write professor pig but he couldn't make a story with professor pig so it literally could have been anybody he put him in a dream well apparently every issue in this arc is going to be a dream that's why it's called nightmares it was a delusion which is like a dream so i'm already undercutting myself god damn it (laughs) i don't know the difference between a dream and a delusion But also, too, you can't build a whole story where the twist is, oh, it's a dream, when the storyline is literally called Nightmare. Yeah, and you've already kind of ruined this, ruined it by, like, saying it's a dream. you just, you got to keep playing it, playing it, and then, like, in the third, the end of, like, the second part or the third part, you go, it's actually all a dream. He's in his own head. Mm-hmm. Also, too, like I, I get the feeling, you know, the majority of this issue, all 22 pages, is just Batman tied up and trying to escape. 
And I feel like in Tom King's head, this was him trying to like make some sort of comment on uh, like time compression in comics and being like, oh, you know, here's a very, you know, uh, common Batman situation here that he usually it usually takes him two pages to get out of. But what if it took him the whole comic to get out of it? Yeah. And yeah, he, he took that and just kind of stretched it out. And it shows as well, because like he just started like flooding like random crap in like the the panels that are meant to be like Batman's thoughts. He uh, he also goes back to his, you know, one of his biggest writing vices, and that is say, th- uh, say things three times, say them three times, say them three times. Yeah, all the time, all the time. I thought we were past this because in that Nightwing story, he even lampshades that and makes funning that uh, fun of that by having a random passerby say just that. Yeah, yeah. Guess he's not over it. I guess it's a vice for a reason. Yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a very weird vice. <laughs> Very, very weird vice indeed for a very weird book but hey you know what at least we have detective comics and at least that's good oh, and that uh, so, he, i i said in my review of the last detective comics you know T- tomasi did in two issues what it's taking tom king to do in like 60 plus like in, the, in that second true. issue where he goes to actively commit a violence against all the yes of arkham he has a reason he has like a, a, a like a legitimate reason to do all that sort of stuff Whereas and it in, makes sense. Yeah, it all makes sense. Whereas in the Batman book, none of it makes sense. And also because he shows Batman at the beginning to actually be a pretty, like, you know, uh, I mean, not mellow dude, but to be like a guy who's kind of got his shit together. So mm-hmm. for the fact that he's gone off the end like that, it's like, oh, well, this is serious. Meanwhile, yeah. in Tom King's Batman thing, it's like, well, he's been a crazy asshole since issue one, so I don't really care. Yeah. And uh, yeah, okay, so yeah, Heroes in Crisis, I don't even remember what happened in that one. There was so oh, little that actually happened. Uh, nothing like happened, but like the stuff that did happen is just so stupid. So, I like, remember Batgirl gets involved in the story now to try and help Harley, which did they used to even have a relationship? Well, that's the thing. They like try to build it around as like, oh, the, the Joker shot me and he's probably hit you or shot you. Right. friends now <laughs> because of this tangential connection oh oh i remember the thing that pissed me off it was batgirl saying you know it, it, it's it's a perfect tom king line it's something to the effect of oh i couldn't let batman deal with you uh, yeah, Bat, yeah. uh batman hates me because he blames himself for what the joker did to me and i know he'll blame you too because of your connection to the Joker, and I'm like, wow, Batman sounds like an unreasonable piece of shit. Oh, this is definitely Tom King writing him. <laughs> Where Batman is the worst person ever all the time. Yeah, but the thing that, like, really, like, made me mad was, like, the whole story with, like, Lois getting the stories and, like, all that sort of stuff, and then, like, releasing them and everything, and, like, you're a reporter, and, yeah, I understand you've got sources and everything, but, like, why didn't, like, Superman say anything earlier? Like, yes, this, is, this Superman. isn't, like, just some little thing where it's like, oh, hey, they found out about, like, the Sanctuary. This is, no, they found out about the Sanctuary. They found out about Lois being married to Superman, which is probably why they sent her the files, um, and, as well as all these secret identities. This is not something you just sit on for a couple of days. <laughs> no, so, so much of it is predicated on, like, you don't know that, where she's like, well, I feel like I have to write the story, because if I don't write the story, they might take this information to somewhere else. And, you know, they will write it. And Superman's like, don't worry, she wrote the story, but she left her identities out of it. 
well, maybe whoever sent the story wanted that, and what's stopping them from sending it to someone else now? No, sounds like yeah, you have asked. Yeah, what's stopping them it. from just releasing it? And as well, they like Clark pulls the whole like, oh, she's got a source, and the source is sacred. We can't reveal that. And like, since when have you cared about like like journalistic integrity in that way? Because guy who you, writes about himself <laughs> yeah, for a living. Yeah, you you and your wife write about himself all the fucking time. That's like a big conflict of interest. And also, this is about way more than you right now. This is yeah. about everyone else who could potentially have their identities outed. People who, unlike you, are not bulletproof. Yeah, this is going to lead to way more deaths. And then at the end, like, Batgirl, acts, Batgirl and Harley Quinn both act like, oh, this is going to be big for the world. This is going to change everything. I'm like, So people who fight masked villains and see interdimensional horrors, uh, people are going to learn that they suffer from PTSD. I think if I was a person there, I'd be like, fucking right they do yeah no, <laughs> no shit, shit sherlock <laughs> it's not going to be something big yeah it's again tom king has a very weird view of comic books yeah. and of stories and continuity oh yeah he, I, he, he also made me really hate a ted cord blue beetle and booster gold team up reunion which man you gotta work hard to make me hate that i think it's because again you're not funny, Tom King. Your work is so joyless and dark and dour. And so you reunited one of the greatest comedy teams in comic. No, 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 and, no Moss, no Moss, is, no me gusta. Not, it's not done in a funny way either because he's just, Ted's like, ah, oh, no, you didn't do it. So I'm just going to, instead of like talking, you know, this out and everything with Wonder Woman who used the lasso of truth <laughs> and every other time has the, like, okay, the lasso always tells the truth. So whatever the lasso reveals is the truth. Here she's like, no, that's not the truth. It's a little up in the air uh, how the lasso works on potentially crazy people. It's like, are you telling the truth as it is or the truth as far as you know it in your sick, deluded mind? So, you know, at least you did that much research. But it feels like a cop-out, doesn't it? Don't it does. don't put the lasso on him if it's not going to mean anything. Yeah, and he, he just like, no, I'm just going to like blow up this building and we'll just escape, making us both look guilty as hell super super guilty how much money you bet ted cord's gonna die by the end of this too because didio apparently <laughs> didio had a big hand in killing him the first time around so yeah being a secondary yeah. blue beetle he's definitely on a uh, old dan's hit list yeah harley quinn will kill him oh yeah because again it's like why why do you bring back ted cord now out of nowhere if you're not going to try and kill him yeah yeah he just does come out of nowhere like he is kind of mentioned in like the justice league book and everything but like yeah he just like appears here yeah he he was training jaime in that sadly also once again canceled blue beetle but man blue beetle just can't catch a fucking break he's so popular in every other medium but he cannot catch a goddamn break in the comics <laughs> It's because people just want a continuation of what Keith Geffen was doing before the New 52. That stuff was great. That was Miles Morales before Miles Morales. But they're like, no, well, we got to fit him into the new universe, and we got to do some retconning here, and we got to make it work. It's like, we just want the old series is all we want. Yeah, that's not hard to understand. <laughs> we we just want the old series, and here's, here's an even sadder truth about it. What made Blue Beetle so special and so unique in DC Comics in that time when they were not writing about young heroes and their family and, you know, making it really, like, down-to-earth and layered and everything? That's, like, every teen book at Marvel now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, like, I don't think Miss Marvel would be as good as it was and Miles Morales' Ultimate Spider-Man and Nova and all those other books if Blue Beetle didn't come first, where he, he was the first one through that door. He was the trendsetter, the trailblazer, but he gets no credit for it. No, no. 
not only does he not get any credit for it, but he gets to miss out on a boom that he started. <laughs> yeah. It's it's kind of like John Constantine Hellblazer and all these paranormal detective shows. Yeah, yeah. He he missed out on it just a yeah, bit it's too like, early. <laughs> it's like shit, him and Harry Dresden did it, but him and the Dresden files don't get shit. <laughs> There's like a hundred seasons of supernatural, yeah, but no exactly. one can do anything with Constantine. <laughs> no. <laughs> But I did it first. <laughs> Doesn't matter, apparently. <laughs> but yeah, that uh, that was our comics this week, everyone. Or at least some of them. I, st- I still got a shitload oh. to uh, read myself, and I've been making good time. So do I. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and pump out a bunch after this. I got Green Arrow and Venom and Thor and Man Without Fear and then Hulk and Marvel Knights and Killmonger and Miss oh Marvel. God, I completely from a... forgot that new that new Daredevil series started. God damn it. I really want to read it. It's it's fine. It's good. But it's clearly just a placeholder until Zdarsky gets here. Ah, okay. Which, that's all right. That's fine. Again, you know, it's he's gone but not forgotten, Daredevil. <laughs> Actually, we're getting some new number ones next week. We're getting Invaders by Zadarsky too, which, mm. holy shit, I love the Invaders. They're like my favorite niche team. I'm, I'm really excited for that. Man, this this is really turning into the year of Zadarsky, isn't he? He's getting all the high-profile gigs. And about time, too. Yeah. Oh, uh, your favorite guy, uh, Tom Taylor. Did you read Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man? I did, yes. What did you think? I, it was pretty cool. It lives up to its name. It is a friendly Spider-Man book where he does not leave his neighborhood. Yeah, he does stuff for his neighborhood. Yeah, and he can fight crime and do good. And it has like a, a an, like kind of, I, I guess you'd call it like an Aunt May backup, which is pretty, yeah. pretty heavy. Yes, for what is such a sweet, friendly book. It's also like, hey, Aunt May might be dying again. She has cancer. Yeah. Which I never take that shit seriously. My yeah. shit is always like, meh. You know, she's died before. She'll die again. I, I'm like, I'm like, I'm not taking it seriously. Like, it's a backup and everything. But I'm like, is this going to be in like the Amazing Spider-Man? Is like, is this going, is this going to come mm-hmm. back in any way? Or do you have to read this book if yeah. you want to see that story? Yeah. All, all I can say is, Pete, stay away from Mephisto. <laughs> Don't you go there. Get the spray bottle. Actually, hey, you know what? Uh, Mephisto can't come near Pete because he's fucking with Miles and the champions right now. Yeah, that's true. That's true. In the, in the new number one, they they seek to imply that the champions might have died on a dangerous mission and Miles might have made a deal to bring them all back to life. <laughs> oh, no. Miles, no. Yeah, and Mephisto's like, hey, 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 buddy, it's me, the devil. <laughs> he knows he can get to the spider people because they're always desperate. <laughs> I know, right, man? What is it with you spider people in desperation? Why do you reek of it? <laughs> it's, it's also funny, too, because it's like, hey, Mephisto, weren't you, like, locked up in Vegas at the end of that uh, Doctor Strange, Nick Spencer? But shut up. Yeah. No one no one remembers that. We had to bring Vegas back because we destroyed it in Secret Empire. The thing is, it's never come back in, like, anything else. It did, actually. Jason Aaron's Thor. Yes, oh, when uh, which 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 is you? No, no, sorry. It was it was the Thanos book actually. Oh, it was okay. in one of the Thanos tie-ins. He goes to break up Hell's wedding because they were technically married, and then he also goes to Mephisto in his Vegas prison and punches the shit out of him for a little bit. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it's it's basically like Thanos on his day off when he's not uh, taken over the world. It's like, all right, who do I got to punch today? I got to ruin Hell's Wedding. I got to punch Mephisto in the face. Oh, uh, that's cool. Oh, I got a busy day. Oh, did you see there's actually going to be a new Thanos miniseries? Oh, shit, really? 
yes, it's going to be five issues, and it's going to be about him leading up to and around the time he first adopted Gamora. Ooh, that sounds interesting. Father Thanos, that's interesting. Cool. And probably helps tie into the new movie, too, because obviously the Thanos-Gamora relationship is a real big linchpin of Infinity War. Yeah, I imagine it'll probably be very similar to how they meet in that. Yeah, I'll probably do a little bit of light retconning in there. Yeah. But it looks good. You know, there's been a lot of really good Thanos books recently, a lot of, a lot of good minis. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I guess with that, we're about, yeah, we're about at the time we normally have for mm-hmm. Comic Multiverse. So you can't say we shorted you. We're almost at an hour 30, which is where we normally go. Yeah. But yes, thank you everyone for coming out and listening to our first show, our first official show of 2019. The commentary didn't count. No. No, this, this is the first official show of 2019. We're going to be moving forward. We're going to be breaking new ground. We're going to be bringing hot, new, fresh takes and ideas. Or we're just going to do the show as normal. We don't know. Yeah, as the way everyone likes. As the way everybody likes. <laughs> More than you expected, but less than you hoped. The comic multiverse motto. <laughs> we, we're born to runner up. You'll, you'll all see. You'll all see that. <laughs> but yes, thank you, everyone. I've been Cape Joel. I'm Matt. And we will see you all again next week. Bye-bye. Bye.